Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed in 2024. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. We're back with a new episode. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And of course, we're covering all the royal news that you need to know. First, housekeeping reminders. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, we love hearing from our listeners. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. We got some wonderful emails over the holidays from you all. Rachel, we have a lot to discuss because the royals, of course, never slow down. But around the holidays, we took a little time off. They did not. So what are we talking about today? Well, we are recapping Kate's Christmas concert, Charles's coronation documentary, also Charles's second ever Christmas speech as monarch, the royal's annual Sandringham walk, Louis's second annual appearance at the <laughs> the Christmas walk. I feel like that deserves equal billing. We're also chatting about a royal abdication, kind of veering away from the British royals for a second, a trip to Costa Rica, a big royal birthday, and so much more. Did I get everyone excited? I hope so. Yes, I'm so excited to go over all of this with you. Because I've been kind of chomping at the bit to talk about it with you. And I've waited till we were back. I honored our holiday break. What did you get up to over the holidays? We'll talk about while we sip a royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. As we sip our royal refreshment, I wanted to share a part of my break that is Christmas related. For That's coming your way from that. <gasps> He had hats made. Oh, he was like, this gift is coming my. to Roberta as well. I'm going to hold it up the screen. They're royally obsessed hats. And it's a really nice baseball cap. But he had someone stitch the exact, our emblem from our podcast art. Matt and he made, made one for you. No, oh, he had someone on Etsy make it for us. And it has I know. The, the drawing of Kate. With our logo. Oh, my God. It's so cute. <laughs> he has to have it stitched on. And he did say that he tried a bunch of different options. He tried to get Kate and Megan on there, but it didn't work. He tried to get Megan, but because of the way our illustrations work, it goes a little below our icon. So it's, it is Kate only, but it's not a statement. It's just that that was the art that worked best. So it's coming your way. I'm blown away <laughs> by Matt. Like, what an angel to make us hats. That's so sweet. Well, it was funny because Matt with gift giving wants a list. And I was like, do not get I'm not supplying a list I want it to be creative even if it's five dollars that you spend I just want you to think with your heart so it was very very thoughtful so that's coming your way and I jumped the gun because I said while we're sipping but we didn't say what we're sipping we are sipping a Zinfandel red wine from saying how do you think you say this Segazio family vineyards in Sonoma yeah, I think you're right, Segazio. I bought this over Christmas at my parents in Massachusetts, my local wine shop. It is spicy but full-bodied. I saved it for New Year's, and I have been enjoying it multiple days this week because I'm a lightweight, and I can basically have <laughs> a half glass to a glass at night or else I fall asleep, but um, but it is delicious. So cheers to this. No and- dry January for us. Maybe maybe damp January, which is like cutting back. But yes, good. Point, we'll be good here point. with the royal refreshment if you need <laughs> so many inspiration. But how how was your break, Roberta? It was really wonderful. So many holiday parties, so much holiday food. I feel like my stomach has expanded, and now I'm just hungry all the time. But we made three types of cookies with my mom. I was in Florida with my parents, which was really nice, and got back for New Year's Eve 
in Philadelphia. So it was wonderful. How was yours? It was great. It was so restful. I feel like I was just proud that I brought back noon years today. That was a pandemic mm-hmm. casualty of mine. And I brought it back this year with a crew of about 40 people in Brooklyn for all the kids. And it was a huge hit. Everyone had the best time. But what I underestimated is that truly everyone is around for New Year's, right? Like you even said, you came back from Florida in time for New Year's. So it was a a big crew, but that made it all the more fun. And Finn was so into it, like the glasses and all that stuff. So I'm glad we've entered that phase of parenting. And so at 11.59 a.m., we count down. Count down. I love that. I love that. What was funny about my New Year's was people started doing 50, 49. And we're like, no, 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 too early. (laughs) Too early. Do not do that. So we were laughing and up until the very last moment. Oh, but happy new year. And I truly missed you. I feel like it's always like a withdrawal, but also a hard earned break. Yes, definitely. Well, During December, we got a lovely listener email from Jacqueline. She wrote us and said, Longtime listener here, our family recently uncovered a fantastic photo of my grandfather and the Duchess of Kent in 1943. I just had to send it along to you both. My grandfather, Marmaduke Winston Spencer Churchill Snow, was a prisoner of war in World War II. Upon his return back to England, he was given the Distinguished Service Medal for Bravery by King George himself. He had a chat of approximately four minutes with the king. Later that day, he was photographed with the Duchess of Kent at the opening of the Caribou Club in London for the new Finland forces in London. I was just out of high school when my grandfather passed, and I so wish I asked him more about this time in his life, though he didn't speak much of the war itself. Enjoy the photo. My cousins and I just think it's a fantastic shot. And she included it in black and white. It's stunning. The Duchess of Kent is holding a flower bouquet, and that's her grandfather standing with her. It's really touching. It's totally frame-worthy, and she's just so young in this photo. Mm-hmm. And the fun fact, I had to look this up, but the Duchess of Kent is now the oldest living member of the British royal family. She's 90. After Queen Elizabeth passed, she became the oldest living member. And she's the first to ever convert publicly to Catholicism from Anglicanism, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know. I just yeah. had I've been thinking a lot about the relationship between because I'm Catholic and seeing, you know, the Anglican Church for Kate's carol concert and also kind of in the crown some of the things they were saying i just i've been thinking about it a lot and going to church so much during the holidays too so just really interesting you have such a wealth of knowledge about all this roberta that's so that's a good perspective and now this week in royal history All right. Well, moving on. Royal history. This is a little bit jumping the gun, but we're so excited. Happy almost birthday to Princess Kate or Catherine. Should we start calling her Catherine at some point? Are we sticking with Kate? I think Princess Catherine does sound nice. It sounds so lovely. You hear it a lot in the crowd, too. So it's on my mind. But she turns 42 on January 9th. That is next week. So before our next episode drops, the future queen was born in Reading, England in 1982. Last year, she, of course, shared her birthday with the release of Spare, something we'll be talking a lot about next week. This year, she's celebrating on the heels of more pre-Christmas controversy, the release of Omid's book Endgame, and the outing of her as one half of the royal races in the fam. She never catches a break. Kind of rough. I know the turn of the year is always quite, has been quite complex for Kate in the last couple of them. But what's next? I feel like right now, it's just onward. We're fresh off the Together at Christmas concert, which we're going to be discussing. 
I also just finished the current People magazine cover story, Kate Carries On. And it's really about how in the face of pressure, Kate relies on her own resolve. You have a series of experts just singing her praises, talking about her amazing professionalism, her confidence, how she's full of strength and determination. Valentine mm. Lowe is, is quoted, Sally Bedell Smith. It also talks about how Kate is playing such a critical role right now in fostering a bond between Charles and William. And Mm -hmm. that is really important because as we've talked about, there's some division there. I think it's just an interesting time. And she's entering her second full year as the Princess of Wales. I read something that was like the crown's portrayal of Kate is more of how she would be as queen and is now versus how she would have been as a teenager. And I thought that was really interesting because did you feel that way that they gave her kind of this regalness from the get-go that she possibly I am of the mind that she kind of earned throughout her years learning the ropes of the royal family I feel like they bestowed that on her quite early what do you think about that yeah I totally agree I think that it was a little bit ahead and it seems like something that she's really come into we do know that Kate famously has a very low-key birthday often she celebrated at Anmer Hall or in their now country home, Adelaide Cottage, kind of just keeping it very low-key, private at home with the kids. I'm curious if we'll hear more next week, if there'll be any new photos. I'm not expecting it, but maybe one image and, of course, the the serenade on social media from members of the family. There's these rumors that they're going to be attending the royal wedding of Brunei. So wait, yeah, tell me more about that. I haven't read those. So there's a big royal wedding happening, and it's going to be a 10-day event. It's the Sultan of Brunei. I believe it's his son or daughter getting married. I actually didn't look into it that much, but supposedly they were at the wedding of Kate and William in 2011. And so they might be at the wedding in Brunei. I don't know. It's kind of a stretch because it's far for them and they're just getting back to work I would feel like but and it coincides with her birthday or her birthday week it it's sounds this like. weekend yeah this weekend so, okay so her birthday would be Monday right or I think her birthday would be Tuesday actually Tuesday okay they popped up at that Jordanian wedding when what that was a surprise so I don't know we're we'll I see. would be excited let's yeah. get a tiara moment right away in 2024 they also have a few other things coming up too right yeah I was gonna say we have a couple other royal dates to save Kate and William are touring Italy this spring and this is not Kate and William but Charles and Camilla announced this week that they are officially headed to Australia in October so that's exciting I also did you see that Charles is changing things up and spending January at Balmoral that's oh. gonna be his kind of stance going forward versus I, like I don't know how it'll impact summer plans which was what the queen used to do but he's planting his feet there for the month of Jan, which is a good time because it's so not busy for him, I would think. But. It's really cold, though, in that in Scotland yeah. at that time of year. So good time to get cozy under that tartan blanket. <laughs> I guess they really love Balmoral because that's part of the documentary, the coronation year. They go there. Oh, yeah. So. Great, great segue. Great segue. So Royals on TV, we had Kate's concert air on ITV on Christmas Eve and also Charles III, The Coronation Year, a documentary on BBC, which was totally not on either of our radars, I don't think. So first up, the Christmas concert. I sat down to watch with this with my mom on Christmas Eve, and we, we loved it. I just, I can't tell you how much I loved it, Rachel. It's beautiful. Oh my it's gosh. so beautiful and puts you in the spirit in such an am- amazing way. I just have a, such a great appreciation for the Westminster Abbey Choir and especially the younger members of the choir, the kids and the boys who do it. It's incredible. They sound so amazing and they sang one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time, Carol of the Bells, to set oh. the ambiance for this chat. I'm going to play a little bit of it. 
just a feat of the choir that they're able to sing all of these songs in kind of succession. It was like it was like reading, song, they would play a video, song, performance, song. So it was really wonderful. And the one thing I really wanted to mention is it makes so much sense what Kate wore to the concert. I know we saw that in the beginning of December when we saw the pictures of her in all white. But the camera, like you could just see her from so far away from every angle. It was like, there's Kate. And so I, I just immediately thought of the queen and her wearing bright colors kate wearing white on christmas is that it's she's just like the person that everyone wanted to look at besides the kids who were all there which was really wonderful i know i also treasured i'm not sure if they were more gratuitous this year if i'm just misremembering but there were so many pans to the kids or the audience members and i think that is one of the delights of watching the full concert if like don't just come for the pics that we get in early december but stay for the full show because yeah. you know you got to see charlotte kind of correcting louis as they arrive like the mailbox is over here and louis waving as he walked down the aisle and wolfie and so wolfie many got of these so much airtime so that's much what i wanted airtime. to talk to you about because yeah. i found it so fascinating that Beatrice, Edo, and Wolfie got so much camera time. And it made mm -hmm. me curious because Eugenie showed up by herself. And we know, like, this is conspiracy theory made, but we know that Eugenie's really close with Harry and Meghan and has visited them. And she didn't bring Jack. Like, did she not get a plus one? I don't know. I'm but that sure just really she did. Was, it was just interesting to me because I'm like, the younger siblings are closer and maybe kind of in cahoots, whereas Beatrice is the older sibling and maybe closer with William and Kate. I don't know. It just conspiracy theory me. But also Louie and Wolfie smiling at each other echoes of what later occurred, we know, which is Mia and Charlotte being buddy, buddy, best friends on yes. Christmas Day. So that was really, really sweet. There was also a reading by Jim Broadbent. He's an actor from Paddington, but also he was Professor Slughorn in Harry Potter. Love him. And he did you see Louis's reaction to him too? George's all... reaction. George oh, was smiling George so big. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> cute. He looked at William and William's smile back. It was so sweet. He read Letters from Father Christmas by J.R.R. Tolkien, which randomly it's his birthday today, by the way, which is oh, a big deal for fact. people. And George just lit up. It was so, so sweet. So it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And I recommend, even if you know you're kind of out of the Christmas spirit at this point, you can still watch it on Amazon. There's a free trial BritBox going on now. So yeah. I also just, I, I think I just, not to keep bringing it back to Louis, but just the stamina, I guess, for him to sit through that whole yeah. concert too. I mean, he so did well so behaved. well. Yeah. But, you know, he's clearly been working on that. I don't know. It's impressive. Well done, Louis. All right. And then we had Charles III, the coronation year. Like I said, this wasn't on our radars, I don't think, until I saw a post on Instagram of this documentary that was going behind the scenes. There's been so many documentaries. It just seemed like another one of those. But it was on YouTube, so I was able to watch it. It's not on YouTube anymore. It was unofficially uploaded by some random user, and it's already been taken down, so I don't wow. think you can watch it. It was it aired on the BBC with sanction from the royals. They let the cameras go behind the scenes. They interviewed Princess Anne. They interviewed Camilla's sister. It's really incredible. It's I mean, it's amazing. If you've watched it, you'll know that just the, 
the sheer amount of planning that went into the coronation. You see them sizing the crowns. Philip Treacy is tasked with making these little hats that go inside the crowns that have to like really perfectly fit their heads. Wow. Uh, there's the choir practicing. There's the anointing screen. They have to get this all right. The soldiers coming out at this exact moment and all having the same footsteps. It's just, it's really incredible. I thought one of the more interesting parts I wanted to talk with you about is Princess Anne reflecting on the queen's death because that's really where it starts is the queen's passing. Anne says that there was a sense of relief of a duty or responsibility being lifted from the queen. I I just thought that was really touching. Like after all these years, just not having the weight of the crown is just huge. Oh, that she can finally be free of this lifetime of service that she loved and and cherished and carried so well. But it's uh, it is also a burden. I think we're all clear on that. <laughs> a gilded, yeah, a gilded cage that like now you know her brother Charles is in. But I think too he was so ready to take it over. But yeah, just it, that moment really got me. There's also all this behind the scenes. There's the portraits by Hugo Bernand, which he seems like such a lovely person, and that was really fun. Also, the behind the scenes of Charles's first Christmas speech in 2022. You see him like making notes right before he records it. The coronation planning behind the scenes, Buckingham Palace ballroom really was set up to scale as a Westminster Abbey. They're, they lay out the whole floor plan of Westminster Abbey wow. in Buckingham Palace. There's even mannequins that they're supposed to be like certain people in the crowds. And it's just kind of wild what they did. I loved some of the smaller moments that they show. Anne's nickname for Charles was, she says, hello, old bean, as they see each other backstage. (laughs) It's really sweet. Also, Charles making fun of sausage fingers with William. He said, well, you won't have a problem, you know, clasping my robe because you don't have sausage fingers. So yeah, I love this. I think that it's just nice to get any of this behind the scenes. I think it's so valuable in sort of opening them up. And it makes me think of the 1969 documentary. You know, it's like, yeah. is it the right idea to let their subjects or people of, you know, their people behind the curtain to see this side of when you're trying to have this mystique? But I think it's so powerful and smart in 2024, which yeah. I can say, 2024. To let the light in, as that Walter guy said. There was a headline that came from the documentary about Kate and Charles being pretty close and that they get along better even than Prince William and Charles, which I thought was really interesting because you do get kind of these really tender moments between Charles and the grandkids, but also especially Kate where they kiss each other on the cheek. There's this like warm, you know, casualness between them. And I I was curious what you thought about that because I know we mentioned Kate at the top of this episode, but I wonder if... William and Charles, it's just beyond repair at this point. But for Kate, she's kind of more of a, it seems like more of a peacemaker too between them. Yeah. I mean, I, judging from the people story I read, which always seems to have very credible insiders, it does seem like she's playing a very valued role in that linkage between Mm -hmm. Charles and William at this moment, which I don't know that they're totally apart. I think that it's like officially firmly not talking, but I think that they don't overlap and probably have different viewpoints on some things. So it's helpful to have her presence. Yeah, because we still haven't seen a joint kind of engagement between William and Charles yet, and he's been on the throne over a year. So yeah, just, just interesting. All right, Christmas Day. Let's talk about it. All right, Christmas Day, the King's Speech and Sandringham Walk. Well, I want to give us a little bit of ambiance. Like, I think ambiance is a little bit of our theme for the episode, but of his speech. I mean, who doesn't want a drum roll, right? (laughs) 
So the speech, this is the second year it was recorded at Buckingham Palace. King Charles touched on faith, religion, family, and conflict, as there are many wars going on right now, and that's on many people's minds at the moment. But I thought this was interesting. The focus of his speech was very much on the working royals. The montage at the end, there was no verbal mention of anyone's names, but at the montage at the end of his speech was showed the king and queen, William and Kate, George, Charlotte, and Louis, Anne, Edward, and Sophie. That was it. It really stuck with those senior working royals. On the flip side, though, you had the Sandringham Walk, Christmas Day, Christmas morning, which showcased the opposite of a slimmed down monarchy, but also the more personal side of the family because you had the senior working royals, but you also had the Tyndalls, you had Prince Andrew. Even Fergie was there for the first time joining the family on this walk in 30 years. That was quite a choice, right, Roberta? I want to talk about Fergie for a minute. Okay, so this makes me think about the rumors that they're getting remarried, that yes. her and Andrew were getting remarried. Is that what this is? Is they Are they introducing her back to the fold because they're getting remarried? I mean, this is what I mean when it was a choice. There are some headlines from credible places saying that remarriage is on the horizon. The reason it didn't happen previously, they have been living together and they're very kind of harmonious together, was that Prince Philip forbade it and the queen would have upheld what the what Philip's views were even after he passed. But now they're kind of cleared to do so. And there's even some quotes that show that her dad gave an interview long ago that basically said those two never wanted to get divorced. It wasn't them. It was that family. And Sarah Fergie mm. told Harper's Bazaar that it's not right for a princess of the royal house to be commercial. So Andrew and I decided to make the divorce official back when it happened so I could go off and get a job. So it seems like the reasons they got divorced were complex. So if they are on good terms now, it feels natural. And then to see her at the Christmas walk with her daughters, which was so nice. You know, that's a yeah. huge part of things. But this is a very personal question. But do you know anyone that's gotten a divorce that got back together? I do know some people that that has happened, actually. But older. Yes, yeah, older. Same. Older. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like more my parents' age. But it's really interesting because Fergie and Andrew are kind of you know, in that. Yeah, subset, I so I did read some other takes on this where is it a crutch for Andrew to have Fergie there? It lifts his image ahead yes. of the Epstein document drop, which is expected this week. We don't have it yet. And also Fergie didn't go to church, which was a little bit bizarre to me. So she joined for the walk. She walked there but didn't go. Yeah, that's what uh, the report said. She wasn't at the actual church service. So was that really just a publicity call? Like, I don't know. Wait, are they not letting her into the church? I don't know. Maybe she had to do something else. I'm not sure. I just have so many, so many thoughts about the Anglican church after the crown making them, making Charles and Camilla say that prayer of penitence during Yes. Like, just weird, weird things that I never thought I would learn about the Anglican Church. Anyways. Yeah. We should asterisk and say we are going to have our crown part two episode coming up very soon. Stay tuned. Yes. Where we deep dive into all that. Okay. Also, Kate and the kids. The Alexander McQueen royal blue coat was everything to me. What was your reaction me to this? Me too. I immediately thought it was a shout out to Ukraine, but also Israel. And I think that's a really strong show of support from the royals. I mean, we know that Blue is not a typical Christmas color. You think red, green, white, cream, gold, but not blue. And so I thought that was a really interesting choice. And when I 
felt, you know, we have these two major wars going on, as you mentioned, it's a tough time for a lot of people. I just, I, I think it was, it was a choice. But Ju- the Juliet millinery hat too. I thought that was so lovely. The sapphire Diana earrings. I think in general, she just looked. What's the one hundred emoji? I just, I loved it. Yeah, maybe it was a choice. What about Mia Tyndall? Mia Shout Tindall? out Mia Tyndall for being in all the photos. All the photos, like a photo crasher. There was no like just family photo of the Waleses. Mia Tyndall was in it. But this is what you and I always talk about and cherish in our personal lives. Cousin love, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is so special. And I love seeing Louis and Mia arm in arm and then Charlotte and Mia arm in arm. And that joy just kind of radiates. And it also you can see how much it relaxes everyone when you're around your cousins. (laughs) Yeah. And to share some of the spotlight too, because that must be kind of hard for the kids to have so many people in the crowd wanting to talk to them and give them stuff. I feel like that would be kind of overwhelming for any child. And Mia seemed to diffuse a lot of that where she was also helping to grab bouquets from people and talk to people. So that was really nice. It was really sweet. But I did like, again, like this is just such a fuller showing of the family. And you talked about the Tyndalls. This threw me off, though. I did not love this. The Telegraph had an, a headline, How Mike Tyndall Became the Brother William Needs. Mm. And I just think that's kind of a low blow. It was interesting. The article never says Harry's name, but talks around it so fully. And, you know, I I just I thought that was kind of bizarre. But they that's are sad. lifting him up. I do feel that the Tyndalls have a much more prominent role uh, more and more as time goes on, even more so than Beatrice and Eugenie sometimes. He's so Mike is so unpredictable, though. Yeah. He, he can really run his mouth at points where I'm. Yes. My eyebrows are like to my hairline and I'm like, what in the world? But he is gets he away with it. It seems like it's kind of internally approved. So that's could be problematic. Could be. You know, some of the things, I mean, the things he said in the past definitely. are definitely problematic. So it's interesting to see him taking on such a public facing role with all this. Yeah. But. I did want to ask you, did you have a best dress? Was it Kate or anyone else? I loved Fergie's velvet green headband and clutch. I thought she looked really stunning for her debut walk. I think it was the right shade of green. I guess you could call it like an evergreen. It was a perfect green for her. Emerald, yeah, or something. It was just, especially because it felt like this like big I'm back moment. Like she treated the walk to the church like her catwalk and I loved it. And... I thought that the other royals were really subdued, actually. Like Beatrice and Eugenie both wore dark colors and it was not so exciting. Did you have a favorite? I mean, Louis' tartan pants were oh, adorable. Duh. duh. <laughs> I thought that was great. I did like Zara. I thought Zara Tyndall's like gold hat band was really pretty, but you're right. It wasn't as vibrant. Joyful. I think Kate really yeah. stole the show with that royal blue. The blue look. We uh, Okay, would we ever see. Prince William wearing pants like that, like Louis, because that I, I would, would be love more experimentation there. Incredible. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's where I feel like they really need to step out of the box, men's fashion. Anyways, should we move on? Yes, but I think all in all, we just want to say it was quite the Christmas showing of the Royals. We had a lot of appearances. Yeah, and no Sussexes. Like a lot of our chatter yeah. from last year was very much spare focused around this time, and I think. Or I mean, in December, late December, we were anticipating Spare and all the interviews that came with it. And it was just so quiet on the Sussex front, which leads me to our highs and lows. You're on top of the transitions this episode. Roberta, nailing it. That's my goal in 2024. (laughs) Revity for all of us, right? We're like, get to the chase, cut to the chase. 
it's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Before we adjourn, our highs and lows are first of the year. My low is just those Prince Andrew documents that you mentioned. They're going to be unsealed this week. It was actually supposed to be yesterday, I think, but now I'm seeing later this week bubble up in the news. But it just is going to include more info from Epstein victim Joanna Soberg and her court case. There is supposedly a list of 150 John Doe's. I mean, these are big names. Clinton, Trump, like it's going to be big. And I think people are waiting with bated breath to see what these documents say. But also Prince Andrew, his part in all of this, that's my low. Joanna previously claimed in the documents that the Duke laughingly fondled her while he was posing with a puppet of himself. It's just so gross. And for this to come back and... I mean, ugh, it's it's yeah. a lot. And a lot of powerful people don't want them unsealed. Like Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, is in hot yeah, water. I saw this. Did you see that? That Aaron Rodgers called him out for no reason at all, apparently, according to Jimmy Kimmel. So it's really it's really interesting. I don't know. We'll yeah, people are, are nervous. Milo is not British royal family related, as I teased at the top. So Queen Margretta's announcement that she will abdicate the Danish throne after 52 years. Abdicate is such like hearing that word. And it was such a shock on New Year's Eve. In fact, did you check? I'm not going to play it here because there's expletives included. But on Twitter, there's a compilation of citizens reactions and they're just yelling nay 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 and they're like their whole new year's eve freezes when they see this announcement go out in her speech about abdicating she's obviously 83 and immensely popular and crown prince frederick will take over but she's europe's only reigning queen since the death of elizabeth and i feel like that's just very sad to think about it's just a all kings it's gonna be yeah and this was such a shock it sent shockwaves around the world i feel like every paper i got so many news alerts about this announcement and it's really interesting because there's so much drama in Denmark. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know like the, the infidelity is rumors and suspect cuz it lifts Crown Prince Fed- Frederick at a time that he's under fire for yeah, external relations. Look at us talking about an outside royal family. Who are we and what are we doing? But it's very relevant, of course. Should we start another podcast about <laughs> yes. the drama of yes. other royal Because also Spain. I mean, Spain, Spain. is under fire also. Whoa. Yes, So absolutely. much tea. We need to spill all the other monarchy tea. Yes. My high this week, as I mentioned, the Sussexes were so, so quiet. But we did get news that they spent a vacation in Costa Rica to December 14th through the 20th, some onlookers spotted them and took some pictures for CROI.com, which is a Costa Rican newspaper. And I'm just happy for them that they got away and so quietly under the radar. They were in Playa Carrillo, which I've never been to Costa Rica, but it is on my list to travel to. So yeah, and the kids were there too, which is so sweet. My high is a roundup of just royals on social media going into 2024. We got a Christmas Day picture from that Josh Shinner shoot. Say that 10 times fast. Josh <laughs> Shinner shoot with Charlotte at the center. It's, fr- you know, it's it's an outtaker. It's like another snap that they didn't share as part of their Christmas card, the black and white images mm-hmm. from the Waleses. But it is so charming. I love that so tease sweet. on Christmas Day. Unexpected. We had their end of year video also from the Waleses. But then the coronation carriage camera. This I was this. just incredible. Who thought of that? I did some digging, Roberta, on our behalf because I wanted to see who is really at the helm of all this. And there is Emma Goody, who heads did digital engagement for the Royals. David Watkins, who came over from the Sussexes, is no longer there. But I'm just enjoying the work of whoever is running the show. I'm so curious, like, is it all 15-year-olds that are like... (laughs) 
it's I amazing mean, smart, if it is <laughs> on TikTok and like Gen Z like superstars. I don't know. It's just funny to think about. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating of five stars. We would love some reviews, some new reviews that we can read out in the new year in 2024. Five stars, please, if you haven't already. This one is a five-star review from Royalty Interested. They said, great reporting. I look forward to listening to the podcast every week. Very informative and professional reporting from Rachel and Roberta. Best podcast ever. Thanks. Wow. Hello, 2024. This feels good. (laughs) So good. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And as I mentioned before, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, send us a listener email, info at gallerypodcasts.com. And till next week, God God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.